die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become glorious. No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend. I will defend. That's not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. What are you doing? Getting a life. Hello everybody and welcome to the One Up Culture Cast, your source of knowledge for leveling up in order popular culture. My name is Trent and with me is my co-host Jav. Hey guys, so today we're reviewing the newest Star Wars movie, Rogue One. This is a spoiler talk edition, so I do need to issue a spoiler warning. But before you go away, if you haven't watched the movie, the good news is we are at enough episodes now to quantify that we are more prolific than Firefly. You remembered! I did! I also remembered, and I yes. was going to, to bring The awkward up. thing was, as I was saying it, I couldn't remember what number we were up to. I 15. Just, yeah. I just knew we were... Uh, well, six, 16. Ten. Sorry. 15 yeah. was when we uh, we tied yeah, them. We, yeah. we, <laughs> we equaled Firefly, now we beat them. Which is proof that quality is better than quantity. Yeah. No, definitely. And they're yeah. still being relevant. You know, Firefly's still relevant, so yeah. I'm loving it. We're not relevant right now. Yeah. yeah. But Rogue One is, and that's One because what relevant. we're talking about right now. The movie came out last week, we've both seen it, but neither of us know what the other person thought. So, we are literally going into this blind as to we might be agreeing on everything, we might be disagreeing on everything. You guys get to hear in real time with us. Yeah, like, I actually recorded managed... Recorded in real time. Yeah, I managed to avoid your article that came out on Monday, as which was... so many people do. Yeah, it wasn't hard to avoid it. Um, but if you haven't read that one, it was a spoiler-free edition, so yes. worth probably checking out if, if you, you haven't, haven't seen the movie. If you haven't left yet and you still haven't seen the movie, then now's your chance to leave. Because yeah. now we're going to do spoilers. So first off, I guess we should just get right to the punch. What did you think of the movie overall? I didn't like it. Ooh. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that that was a generalization. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say yeah. I was just giving a blunt answer. Um I left the theater feeling like that didn't add to the Star Wars universe. Didn't uh, add to the Star Wars. No, universe. all they did was introduce a bunch of characters and kill them off and, and tell me a story I already knew. Um so yeah, I didn't I didn't feel like that there was they'd added very much. Um and, and that was an issue for me. But the biggest issue was that movie was cut terribly. Uh, and this was something that I continually tried to overlook while in the theatre. I was like, yeah, that, that wasn't bad. It was just, you know, cut a little short or, you know, that was that was a very poor storytelling decision there. But, you know, it, what do I know? I'm just going to let it go. Um, but I kept saying that to myself. And so by the end of the movie, I was like, maybe there is some issues with this editing um, that, that I'm seeing. Uh, I definitely had some high points, though, and um, I'll go into those in more specifics a little bit a little bit later on into this podcast, but uh, what about yourself? Yeah, so we actually do disagree, because I yeah. did enjoy this movie. Um, I do agree that it was poorly cut uh, at times. Uh, the first 15 minutes of the movie, I was in there going, oh, no, I thought we were getting Suicide Squad Part 2 in that respect. Um, pretty much... I can't remember the exact point, but after we got the mind-altering slug thing, which was another... I don't know what Disney have gone got in mind with these sort of big creatures that appear and do nothing and kind of don't add anything to the story. We got it in Force uh, Force Awakens with the Ragnar theme of Bobby. So I was about to say Ragnarok. That's a wrong Disney franchise. Yeah, completely. Um, but it's sort of... The, the big things that sort of appeared on the uh, Han Solo's sort of trade ship 
Um, and then the mind-altering thing that we got uh, in this movie, uh, that was kind of the last point where I was like, this movie's being cut badly. Not saying it wasn't still cut badly, but I didn't notice it uh, after then. Yeah, well, it's um, interesting you said that, that big creature, because that was kind of one of my, like, make, not going to say an issue, but uh, this was the movie where I felt they had the chance to explain about the Rebellion, say all of that. Um, and the whole time we've kind of been on the Rebellion side, and one thing that I did really like about this was that the Rebellion aren't goody two-shoes. Mm. Through this entire thing, they are fighting a guerrilla warfare. They are doing questionable things for the right reasons. Uh, and and that, that's accurate. You know, like, I really liked the fact that they did that. Um, and that creature thing, yeah. whatever... Um, was kind of showing that yeah like Sol was not that great of a guy and that he's willing to send someone mad I, I, he didn't have a lot to do uh, he kind of popped up but, but was vital is yeah. what, like he didn't do a lot but what he did was very vital uh, and, and I liked his character of being kind of the anti-rebellion leader like he he wasn't a part of the rebellion yeah. but he kind of had his own he was little, an extremist yeah he had his yeah. own little group that, that he was leading um, I, I like the concept of his character and I thought for the most part it was handled well I do think they could have still achieved that without that weird animal monster slug thing mm. um, it just kind of it was one of those things they sort of it felt like it was popped in just because they had to get from A to C and they hadn't really worked out being like oh we'll just chuck this animal in and I think it, it could have been very easily cut out and it wouldn't have really changed all that much or they could have tweaked it a little bit and would have made it been a lot more interesting mm. um, but for the most part I did think his characters were ah, good and I did like that this did expand on the rebellion as a concept a lot more because yeah. in episodes 4, 5, 6 we're presented as this uh, rebellion is good empire is bad everyone on the rebellion is more or less doing the right thing for the right reasons yeah. Uh, whereas with this movie, they kind of expand a bit. And it, it looks like a more realistic rebellion guerrilla warfare situation where you've got people on both sides trying to come together because uh, we've got to stop this empire, but they have different ideas of how to go about it. But the hero doesn't always get their way in that respect. You know, some of the uh, higher-ups are like, no, we want, don't want to do this, we don't want to risk this. And yeah. I like that we got a better insight into the rebellion in this universe. That was definitely my favourite part of uh, our explanation of the rebellion. Um, there were a lot of things that I wished that had explained uh, for example finances which we're still left to assume how the rebellion is being funded um, which is we assume you know by alliance planets that are sympathetic to their cause but we don't know and we don't really get any of this uh, the closest we get is that you know there are governors and, and whatnot from I mean we know we have Alderaan, um governor there uh, and that their royal family is involved in the rebellion at least for now until they're gone. Yeah, he made a mistake going back to Otteron, didn't he? Yeah, that's what I thought actually when he when he got on the ship and I was like, Oh, don't 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 go back. Don't yeah, don't do that. that. Real, oh no no Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I did like the fact that they, they were gritty. They were mm. a real rebellion. But yeah, there were just a lot of things about their hierarchy and their structure that got glazed over and I really wished it hadn't. Um, we get a mention of the council so we see that they have a very similar thing to the jedi in that they have uh, their elders their group uh, that center in and, and it has to be a unanimous decision with the council and i like that and we kind of got like they have a hierarchy and a, but we don't really find out like how they are chosen what their job is you know are they all in charge of their own squadrons or are they literally a conglomerate that look after the entire rebellion as a whole and make all decisions must be unanimous or do they make individual decisions um, when it comes to their part of the galaxy? I, I didn't mind so much kind of glossing over that aspect. Like I obviously would have been very interested to hear more about that as well. 
Uh, but I feel like they had a certain story they wanted to tell with Rogue One, and maybe delving into that too much would have taken away from the main story and the main characters who were involved. It kind of would have been sort of happening to, okay, we'll come back to the main story, but we need to address this and build this up. And unfortunately, that's the kind of thing that does kind of get handled better in novels and books mm. where they've got the time to do that and it's easier to kind of do that quick explanation in a written format as opposed to a visual one where you kind of just be standing around a bit. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, speaking of visual format, this, yeah. was, because this was another thing. I did like visually, it looked quite nice, the cinematography. I expected that from Gareth Edwards, though, from what I'd seen from yeah. his previous work. And on his previous work, uh, I saw Godzilla in this one. They, they put that one into the... Uh, yeah, <laughs> you didn't even notice that, did no, you? No, I, I did not see um, it. In the... Uh, there's like the scene, there's all of the monsters on that ship. Um, there is, yeah, Godzilla is one of them, oh. a much smaller version, obviously, yeah. but he looks exactly the same as that. Um, and I haven't seen monsters, but I was told that the rest of those monsters were from that film. Oh. Uh, and that, that Gareth Edwards, well, that wasn't his decision, that apparently the crew snuck them on set. That's actually really cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty pretty cool. I didn't notice that. I'll have to look for that on the rewatch. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to look and um, look at these monsters mm. um, because obviously I didn't recognise those having not seen the movie. But yeah, um, yeah I would really like to to, to recognise those. And I, and I did like their inclusion, um, unlike the truth madness creature, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those. It was one of those things where I'm like, ah, oh, really, we're going down this route again. Like, it, it was just unnecessary as a character, like a character or concept, and it could have just been achieved and perhaps achieved better if it had been Saw directly kind of screwing with uh, his mind in order to get that information. Because I mean, obviously, we needed uh, Bodie Rook's mind to kind of get a bit screwy because yeah. that was kind of part of his characterization through most of that movie. Uh, but it would have been more interesting if Saw had been directly involved. With his own hand, I, yeah, thing, I think as so. opposed to just oh monster go attack thing. It was pretty brutal to be honest. Mm. And actually, I'm just running through things here, but uh, this one was more, very important to you, so I really wanted to ask your opinion on yep. it. Um, so in Force Awakens, they really didn't use the raid guys very well. We've yep. gone over this a lot. <laughs> this is something that you are very passionate about. Uh, and in the trailer, we get to see Donnie Yen fighting, mm. you know, doing some stick fighting. Uh, what did you think of their use of Donnie Yen's martial arts ability through this movie? I, I liked it because we got a, a few scenes to really see what he was doing with it and in a couple of different environments, a couple, a couple of different setups. But what I was really happy about was he wasn't just there as a, an excuse to do cool martial arts scenes. Mm. His character is actually perhaps the most developed outside of Jin's and we get a lot of involvement with him relating to the Force and how he interacts with it and how that relates to the world at large. And so he ended up being an incredibly interesting character when a lot of the characters were kind of there. They had enough characterization to get them through the movie, uh, but I felt like he had a bit more of an interesting dynamic, and that coupled with some actually interesting fight scenes, you can tell Donnie Yen had some measure of involvement in how it was structured. Um, and he's even gone as so far as to say that he invented a new martial arts style for his character, which I find interesting when, whenever uh, these martial artists kind of utilise that. And obviously it's not a completely unique style. It's been adapted and sort of twisted around for the sake of the movie, but I do find that interesting. And the fact that they let him do that kind of stuff as well shows that they weren't just hiring him because he's a name that will get some people interested. Yeah, uh, I felt Donnie Yen, for me, was the second best character in this movie. And, and his relationship with the other guy who I can't remember the name of uh, right his now. His name was Baze Malbus. Baze Malbus, right, cool. Mm. Um, Which doesn't really get said much. So. No, no, I really liked. Yeah. I really liked their... their uh, they were very close, they were, you know, looking after each other. And the fact that they, yeah, they, they really differed on some opinions. Mm. 
but that didn't stand between you know, their relationship and, and it could possibly have been more of a sexual relationship than some may like to admit. Uh, I mean, yeah, when, when Donnie Yen dies, he gets very, very upset and commits suicide. He, I, I, I think that could be... I, I didn't really see it anymore as a Turk JD bromance. But it doesn't matter but, because they're both yeah. gone. As is everyone. Yeah. And that was the problem I had was that everyone started to die and I was like, well, who do I actually care that they're dying? Uh, he was one because mm. I liked his character and I had liked... I really like the uh, the forces with me and you know, I, I'm one I'm with the, the force. The forces with me. Yeah. I'm the force. The forces with me. And that it was kind of a running thing. Mm. Uh, I thought that was that was really good and it was kind of like a Maz Kanata kind of thing wherein you know you're connected to the force but not a Jedi yeah. uh, and and that is something that we've had finally we've had a Star Wars movie as is something I thought they might do. No Jedi in this movie. Yeah. There is a Sith. And he pops up for a very short period of time, but we already knew about him. So we don't get introduced to any new Jedi, which isn't you know confusing, which is something I thought you know, they might try and introduce someone in this film for later films, as in the, the uh, number eight and, and the mainline story. Um, and you know, they, they haven't. You know, there were really only two people that they definitely could have age-wise, um, which was Cassian and Jin being yeah. quite young. I felt like he would have been a really good one to, to be keep around um, having that connection with the Force. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we've got Luke, so yeah. Luke knows what he's doing. I, I, I obviously like all of them dying. Like it got to a point where you're watching a couple of them started to bite the dust, and you're like, "This is definitely going Custer's last stand." None of these guys are getting out. Um, I quite like that because I felt like it would have it would have created some kind of mess where you didn't have to explain where all these other characters Wait. were for the past thirty years. In but you know, after Rogue One and through the original trilogy, um, I kind of going in, I thought none of them are going to make it out alive. I one hundred percent thought yeah. that, and I'm glad that they didn't. Yeah. Kind of oh well, we want to keep Jin around because we might be able to shoehorn her into either uh, being episode, Ray's mother, which is what everyone would have said. Yeah, had or she yeah, episode eight, or oh, we want to release some comics where she's involved with the rebellion after. Rogue One. I'm glad they were just like, nah, you're all dying. Yeah, same. Uh, and I, I also expected that mm. coming in, and that is my problem with this movie. It was super predictable. I didn't get any surprises. I didn't get any twists where I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And to an extent, it's not their fault mm. because they are telling a story that I already know, uh, 100% know how you know, that this is basically going to be. And even from the trailers, I saw it and I was like, right, so Galen Erso designed the Death Star. Um, I'm going to guess he's probably put that exhaust in there on purpose then because you know for years everyone's like that was a major design flaw and then this movie came out and I was like maybe it wasn't and it wasn't you know we find out that it, that it wasn't um, we, you know, we know that they're going to get the plans onto the ship with Leia uh, and we know that a lot of Bofans are going to lose their life oh wait a second no Bofans lost their life making this movie hashtag BLA it's true both and lives matter. They really do. And I, I wanted to slip that one in there nice and sneakily. Um, um, I, I mean, the thing is, like, there might have been both involved. For sure. We don't know. But the fact that in episode four, they specifically mentioned many both died led us to believe that they would have had a significant part in it. And there's literally no point here where they could have had a significant part in it. So, obviously, Disney going with the retcon. I get why they've retconned it and... Uh, like I was, sit- I was sitting in the cinema going, there's no Bofans in this movie, is there? Yeah. It's, I'm going to be that 1% of fanboys who are like, oh, that's missing. Um, I don't really care. I, I mean, I care, but it's like, I'm happy with the story that got told and where it fits in between episodes three and episode four. I'm happy they told that story rather than having to hand fist a middleman being the Bofans. Because I, I really liked how at the end we were like, 
oh, that's a Tantive Four. We're literally finishing Rogue One, and like the only difference between Episode no, Rogue One and Episode Four is literally a jump into hyperspace. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting him to go that close until we sort of got. Oh, to really? No, because I, I was thinking like there'd be some middle... I thought the Bothans would be a middleman thing and they might not address that in the movie. Um, but when I sort of realised, okay, we're literally going to cut it, bang, bang, I was like, cool, I like what... Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, I really like where they're going with this. Um, and you're sort of listing a lot, a lot of the predictable aspects of the movie. Um, and they're all things that, okay, they're predictable, but I'm glad they did it. Mm. Uh, the exhaust pipe situation that you mentioned with Galen sort of sabotaging it, that was brilliant. I'm so glad they did that. Oh, I'm glad they included it, and I'm yeah. glad that I was right that they yeah. did that. Uh, I wasn't annoyed that that was pretty... Oh, I yeah. mean, uh, that's what I was saying. There were yeah. a lot of parts of this that wasn't their fault, and uh, you know, the storyline you know, uh, was something that we already knew. Mm-hmm. A lot of it wasn't their fault, and you know, um, that was one of the things that I didn't have an issue with. And I also didn't have an issue with the Bofans like you, yeah. um, because I felt like... They had lots of kind of tiebacks and, and things to the to the uh, original series. Uh, they didn't include Adamul Akbar, mm. which I thought they were going to. Yeah, I remember um, you mentioning which, that. Which, you know, I, that's, that's okay. You know, Adamul yeah. Akbar isn't the Admiral of the Rebellion yet. Yeah. Fine. They still had some of his species there, which was good because it was kind of still tying them, the Mon Calamari together Into, with the rest yeah, of the Rebellion. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was... I didn't think they'd necessarily spend that much time and make the exhaust such a big plot point. I hadn't really heard anyone mention it beforehand. I hadn't even heard you mention it. Uh, so when it kind of came up, I'm like, oh, thank you. Because it was a big issue with episode four, how that was just kind of sitting there. Um, and now with Rogue One, and this is where I would say it does actually have quite a big place in the grander Star Wars story, unlike sort of what you mentioned at the start, is it does bring in some of these plot points, like the exhaust scene. Now if you watch, and I haven't done it yet, but I'm sure if you watch Rogue One straight into episode four, that duology story is going to flow really nicely. And those kind of plot points are going to sort of pop up. It's like, excellent, excellent, that's all tying in and making sense. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like it does have quite an important place in that grander universe. And even if most of the characters in Rogue One do die and they don't move forward within the grander story, I think their sacrifice uh, works really well within the grander connotation because it shows what the Rebellion's up against, which also then makes the destruction of the Death Star and the rise of the Rebellion, thanks to Leia, Luke and Han, uh, all that much more important because you see what they're up against initially. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'd just like to slide in because there's one character we haven't mentioned yet and he was my favourite character in the entire K2SO. K2SO. K2SO was amazing. Every line was brilliant. Yeah. Alan Judak just just smashed that out of the park mm. and uh, and I have absolutely no no negatives to say about him. Yeah. He, he didn't have any, any bad scenes. He was also one of the rare droids and you look through the entirety of the Star Wars saga. Um, I mean, you've got C-3PO and R2-D2 who have literally been in every single Star Wars movie thanks to their little cameo including this one. this one yeah yeah thanks to that little cameo really K2SO is the only one who's had some serious character development R2-D2 is the same R2-D2 between episodes 1 and episode 7 basically C-3PO doesn't really change that much between episodes 1 and 7 no and not in characteristics he just no. looks different yeah, you know? he, he doesn't different. have his plating then he yeah. has his plating and then hard part of his plating is red that's it BB-8 we've only had one movie but I doubt they're really going to change him up all that much and have him grow as a character K2SO starts off as a snarky kind of you know against Jin not really trusting her and by the end of it we see him make that sacrifice for her for the rebellion and even just before that we see him starting to change his persona a bit 
and uh, we're talking about how important droids are in the Star Wars universe and their level of sentience, I think this aspect really ties that in and makes him one of the more important droids full stop because of that. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, especially with C-3PO, who is you know, human-cyborg relations, yeah. uh, he... They are artificial intelligence. They are sentient. And we see them making decisions. Mm. We see C-3PO making many decisions, whether they be to save his own life, to go back for someone, or literally just to yell at R2-D2 about something that he doesn't agree with. And the fact that he disagrees shows that he makes decisions. Mm. But he doesn't change. And and I I agree with that, what you're saying there, that character development in a a droid, you know. Something a lot of people are like, he's a droid, he's programmed, you know, how is he going to change? In the Star Wars universe, they are sentient. They are making decisions. Yeah. Uh, they are their own characters, you know. Um, in Force Awakens, we literally have a droid see Ray and, and, um, and Finn and make the decision to call it in. No one tells that droid mm. to call the Empire. He chooses to do so. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I hadn't even thought of it, actually, until you just said it. But yeah. I, I really, uh, I do really like the fact that he, he developed through this movie. Yeah, I, I fully agree that K2SO is the best character in this movie. Um, and yeah, there were some good characters in it. Not all of them necessarily hit the mark fully. Um, even though this is an ensemble piece, and really it is, um, I feel like the story takes more precedent than the characters. Jin gets some character development. Cassian gets a little bit. like He's mostly the same character, and then there's a couple of expositionary lines he kind of says to justify some aspects of his character, but he's not really developed as much mm. as he should be as a secondary protagonist. Part of my issue with his development was actually that it's alluded too, that he has got quite a lot of uh, character development. He has quite a lot of motivations and, and history we never find out about. No. So we get, you know, kind of an, kind of looking at him and, and finding out that he's uh, carrying his own prison around mm. and he's got his own kind of issues and things that he's fought through. Uh, and when we find out that he, ever since he was six years old, has been a part of the rebellion, which also raises the question, how do you uh, time that? You know, yeah. how do you, six what years? On what planet are these years? You know, um, but move past that whatever uh, so yeah he's been in, in this since he was a child and, and he's seen he's seen some stuff man and some things uh, and we never find out about any of that and I, and I was thinking we might I was thinking near the end he might literally like come out and be like you know this happened to me or you know this is why I am so tough and, and we don't get it we just continue to get ooh he's dark and brooding and has something in his past yeah. and then he dies Part part of it I do think is problematic because of the botched introduction to him. That opening scene with him was incredibly confusing because you're trying to make sense of what's going on, what's the relevance here, where does it kind of tie in with the rest of the story. And this is where you kind of mentioned this was badly cut. Uh, I sort of said the first 15 minutes were noticeable after that it wasn't. This was the scene where it really kicked in because that opening opening scene where we get Jin as a child, Galen sort of getting taken away... There were some issues I had with that, but it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it was fine. But it was this particular scene and then the couple after that that I really noticed the editing issues. Yeah, okay, you noticed it as well. Yeah, but only the first 15 minutes. Um, and it, to me, I was watching it, I'm kind of, especially once we got past that and I wasn't notice, noticing it beyond that, it almost felt to me like, oh, it's like they forgot to take these first 15 minutes beyond the first draft of the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it was horribly cut. They didn't make sense. They, you know, you could tell what they were going for, what Edwards was trying to achieve but he did not achieve it at all and really put this movie behind the eight ball. Um, and it sounds like for you, you never really recovered from that and you kept noticing it. Yeah, I, and I, now, now I'm thinking about it, you said like the first 15 minutes. I think it may have just been that, that it was, yeah, the first 15 minutes I noticed it and then thought to myself, 
let it go. Like, stop being so pedantic about that and enjoy the movie. Uh, and then it'd pop up, like, somewhere else. And yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't like the, the editing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it was definitely more predominant in, in the opening scenes here. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And uh, as far as character development, kind of going back to that one, and we were talking about Cassian, uh, I did like the love interest thing with him and Jin. Uh, it, I, yeah, it's, it was predictable, but this was actually one of the predictable things that I didn't kind of see coming um we at the beginning of this you could not see those two together they don't trust each other they literally have a conversation about like trust goes both ways and that neither of them trust the other one and then they pretty much end up relying on each other to save their lives and they're climbing up the the um tower, tower i don't know yet yeah, the communications yeah. tower um and uh yeah i actually really really enjoyed that that, that between those two actually why i knew they were going that route when they started with the I don't trust you and it was like ah yeah they're gonna end up basically making out by the end of this movie yeah it's pretty much Han and Leia again yeah and I mean this was one of the things I did see coming uh, even before the movie Um, because I kind of looked at them like okay they've got these two kind of co-protagonists Jin's the main one but there's kind of that co-protagonist and we've even seen like they're not at the stage yet where they're going to develop a female character who doesn't have some measure of love interest. Mm. Ray, we had that with Finn. Leia, we had that with Han and her brother. Um, Padme, we had that with Anakin. So at the start, I'm like, okay, Felicity Jones' character, Jim's going to end up with someone or sort of be hinting at it. Who's it going to be? We have two options here. It's either Buddy or Cassie. And like, yeah. no one else is really around her age or yeah. maybe... Inter- and, and it wasn't going to be Buddy. Bodhi, sorry. Yeah. Um, and that's it. I was from the start of kind of, okay, those two are going to end up together. And they more or less did. Um, and it made sense because they both died. Uh, yeah. If, if uh, actually, if they both survived, it wouldn't have made any sense. If one of them survived, however, uh, having the love interest may have made sense. But because they both died, I think it didn't, it didn't really hurt them to do so no. uh, and, and to give them that kind of connection and it made a nice little scene on the when they're kind of on the beach and they're yeah. both about to die and embracing each other I wasn't 100% sold on Cassian coming back from the dead after getting shot and sort of falling down the tower a little bit yeah and then she looks at him and he's like sprawled there in yeah. an awkward position and like if he was breathing she would be able to see it and mm. she probably wouldn't have left him uh, so I was like saw him there I was like yeah he's dead cool yeah. and then he came back and I was like oh he came he came, he came back yeah and somehow climbed up here after being shot and like crippled yeah I, I wasn't huge on that I, it got us to a moment that I liked which was them more or less on the beach as their city was yeah. getting blown apart that was nice yeah I wasn't huge on him dying and basically coming back mm. um, also because it did kind of save Jin when her whole character kind of I think it would have been better if she didn't need to be flukily saved and almost play that damsel in distress in that last minute. Yeah. Um, I didn't really need to happen and it was more just for a big kind of shock reveal. Cause, and I think they probably did it because they knew this movie didn't have a, have a lot of surprises. Kind of, as you mentioned, going into it, we know how it finishes. We have a fair idea how they're going to get from A to B to C and even some of this other stuff like the exhaust, you know, someone like yourself noticed beforehand, which um, not everyone did. As I said, I didn't notice it. I didn't really think of it going in. Um, but they probably wanted a couple of these kind of surprise moments and they probably saw this as their chance to chuck that in there. Oh, everyone's probably going to die, so they're going to assume when he falls and gets shot, he's going to be dead. Yeah. So, oh, surprise, he's alive and safe today, kind of. Saves the 30 yeah. minutes. Um, Saves the 30 minutes, exactly, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I get why they did it. It just wasn't... It didn't ruin anything. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's the decision they made. But I probably would have just left him dead and have her outsmart Krennic at the end. Yeah, um, and, and we have another 
cinematic tool that gets used a lot in this movie. A lot in this movie. And that is, I need to get from here to there, and it's dangerous between me and there. And they have to run. And they do this like four different times in four different situations. Like there's Jin kind of running across to the panel to fix up the antenna. And there's Bodhi trying to run across with the... the there's... Uh, now I've forgotten his name. Donnie Yen's character. Chirrut Imwe. Chirrut Imwe. See, this is why I forget it. It's a very difficult one. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised I remember Sol Guerrero, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did it with him as well. Which, I mean, he's blind. So, you know, he wasn't really like, I need to get from here to there. He was like, I need to get from here to that way the force will protect me yeah, exactly you know, the, the force, force the force is with me the force the force is with me which I, I, that one actually wasn't too bad and yeah he died which was great because yeah. I was like cool it, it, they actually didn't do it successfully with him being a magical force user that, that actually worked but he they do it a lot magic force in this movie magic like he force, might yeah. not be a Jedi yeah. uh, with air quotes but he basically is like the that one moment where they're on, I can't remember specifically what planet it is, but where, where they see Galen uh, and like all his friends get shot, where he dies on um, that planet, and they start the fights with the, all the TIE fighters and the, everything going. E, uh, um, so, oh, I can't remember actually. I but I couldn't quite find it. Um, but it's that moment where Donnie Yen basically gets out his kind of crossbow thing and shoots one of the TIE fighters, which just so happens to fall into the multi gun turret thing yeah. that was causing so much issue. I watched that and I'm like, you might not be a Jedi, but you're basically Luke Skywalker right now. Yeah. You're basically Yoda to pull that off. Yeah, um, cool. I, I can buy the rest of like the walking through, you know, not getting shot. That's a nice cinematic moment. That moment there, I was like, yeah, you're basically a Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, just remind me with that, we're talking about surprises. That crossbow surprised me. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's a staff, you know, that's his weapon. And then all of a sudden his staff like shinks out and he's got this big laser crossbow yeah. thing. And I was like, oh, I, I like that. Because oh, I kind of felt... Trailers, that's what I was yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I did like that weapon. And yeah. it was it was original. It was different mm. than, you know, a blaster, which was, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, we've talked a bit about the characters. I think it's worth going on to the dark side for this moment. Mm. Uh, what did you think of Krennic as a sort of main antagonist? I thought Ben Mendelsohn was amazing. Yeah. He was such a good villain. Uh, and I thought this in the trailer from seeing literally like two seconds mm. of him in the kind of the white Imperial uh, outfit, uh, which also, uh, it's kind of elitist. I kind of liked that about his character. Um, and I also like the fact that, that Tarkin was kind of betraying him the whole time, you know, really, really trying to take the, the legs out from under him. Mm. Uh, and, and I mean, Tarkin, he was a good character that didn't look great. The, the CGI was very Uncanny Valley in this. And yeah. I get why, because they literally don't have a choice. The dude's dead. Yeah. Um, and yeah, even if he wasn't dead 30 years later, 40, 40 years 40, later, yeah. uh, I was thinking in Star Wars terms, but um, yeah, 40 years later, he's not going to look like he did then. Um, no, but so he was a good inclusion to have Tarkin. It was um, necessary. It was, and that's a th- that's the thing. Like, okay, the CGI was a little too uncanny valley at times. It wasn't always as bad as it was initially. But I will take that as sort of awkward for the sake of the narrative. And the same with Leia when she sort of came on the scene. Yeah. It was very uncanny valley, but it was necessary for the story. So I was okay with that. Yeah. No. As was I. I mean, I think yeah, it was necessary hmm. to have. And and Tarkin was an he is a necessary character. Yeah. I mean, he is in charge. Is the hmm. guy in charge of the Death Star as far as you know being um, commander and whatnot and he was one of those characters ever since episode 4 I wanted more of yeah because he was a fascinating character I mean he's one of only two people to 
pretty much be able to tell Vader what to do. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of power is kind of scary, and I wanted to see more of it, and we got that. And we, Tarkin is exactly as I was expecting in this. Yeah, he's manipulative and intelligent, uh, and I really, really enjoyed that about yeah. him. Yeah, and we still uh, got the fire when ready. Fire when ready, um, which, which was good. Uh, and once again, it was one I saw, like, once... Uh, once Galen jumped out and was like, "I did it," I I took it. I was like, "Well, he's still going to kill all of the engineers," like, yeah. uh, and he, now he's going to do it like as a point mm. to show you that you know, hey, look, you just killed all these guys yeah. by by betraying us. Um, but yeah, it was it was still good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really like Krennic, and in the trailers, as you kind of said, I was thinking yeah, he's going to be good. He's exactly what I was expecting him to be, and he yeah. was affably evil, but he wasn't the most evil man in the room because a lot of it was just natural ambition. Yeah, a lot of his frustrations were coming from the higher ups, and I think a lot of people can probably relate to Krennic in that sense of you know, having done something at work, kind of getting the higher ups taking the credit for it. So it was an interesting move to make him kind of relatable in that sense, but still so you know obviously evil because of what he was doing that you still can't root for him in that respect. No, yeah. you wanted to see him get his comeuppance, and you get that from a couple of different areas. He gets shut down by Vader who made a pun, which oh, I was not expecting. I lost it. That was the biggest surprise of the movie. Yeah, it was great. Don't choke on your ambition. Yeah. And he had the, the little choke sign as well. Uh, it was good times. I, I, I liked that. I kind of was like, ah, oh, that's not the Vader I remember. But it's the Anakin I remember. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah it, we, we never saw that from Vader in 4, 5, and 6. But we saw that from Anakin in really episodes one, two, and three. Yeah. So it was nice to kind of get that last little bit of Anakin before we go full Vader at the very end of the movie, which the best scene of the movie was the last, one of the last scenes. Yeah, and, Vader, and visually that was so nice, just yeah. having the red come. We've yeah. not seen Vader wreck house like that in any of the movies. No. Episode four, he had the uh, chronic old man battle. Uh, episode five, he was holding back because it was his son. In episode six, we got a little bit of kind of you know frustration and anger, but we've never seen Vader just go, you all dead. So the issue is that he's usually just too powerful mm. like compared to everybody else in, in the galaxy uh, so like he just defeats people with a wave of the hand he grabs them by the arm by the neck and chokes them and yeah you, this was kind of personal Yeah, it, it was like you, you've stolen the plans of the Death Star I'm gonna mess some stuff up Yeah, uh, and, and I, yeah I also really enjoyed the fact that Vader went ham yeah it was a horror movie that, yeah. those moments where the guy was help us help us help us Oh, just take this, take this. Yeah. And there was that moment of like, yeah, you're dead. We just got to get these plans going on. It was, yeah, the best shot scene, I think, overall. Like, the way it was all foggy and you just kind of see Vader pop up with the lightsaber, the red glowing, and just all that going on. Yeah, I could watch that again and again and again. Yeah, no, most definitely. And it, it was also kind of showed us a, like a family connection between Kylo Ren and, and, uh, and Vader in that you know, their anger gets the best of them. They just start swinging that red saber and destroying stuff, uh, which yeah, I also kind of like that. It was I mean, glorious. It was glorious. Bobby would be proud. Um, what, what did you think of the amount of Vader we got in this movie? I loved it. Yeah. The fact that there was minimal mm. uh, because this wasn't a movie about Vader. This no. was a movie about the rebellion yeah. uh, and Darth Vader. And I said this in our kind of preview episode that he's a super powerful character who we know isn't going to die mm. and we know that if he goes up against anyone he's not losing he's going to win uh, which kind of mean it takes away any kind of how is this going to end which yeah, they didn't even try they mm. were just like yeah Vader's wandering around and being a boss yeah. but not being directly involved 
So yeah, I, I, I was glad with the amount. I, the main reason I asked that is because I've seen a couple of reviewers and ones that I hold their opinion with a fair amount of respect. Mm. Uh, one in particular is a YouTuber, Chris Stuckman, um, was quite vocal and he wanted more Vader. And he was like, oh, they should have given us more. And when I was watching, I was kind of like, no, this is the right amount of Vader. And so I was just curious. What yeah, I, I felt it was that. the right amount of Vader yeah. as well. Uh, I, I understand that. Mm. Duff, that is a pretty iconic and pretty amazing character. Yeah. And what we did see from him in this movie was great. Mm. Like, every time we saw him. And, and that was the thing that, that surprised me. That uh, yeah, Although there were very minimal scenes... We got a little bit more stuff from Vader. Uh, we get to see him in his regeneration kind of pod, yeah. the exact same kind of pod that like Luke was in mm. after uh, Hoth, I think it was, and he got attacked. Uh, was, so that was kind of nice because before that we just saw him in kind of the orb thing. Yeah, the um, closest we got was the helmet coming back on. Yeah, over the bear. So yeah. It, was, it was kind of good to see that uh, as you know he's still recovering, mm. um, which. As you were saying, we got a little bit more Anakin than uh, than Vader in that kind of pun. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that is also... This is a transition period for Darth Vader mm. where he is literally getting used to being a robot man. Uh, so I, I think it made sense that, mm. yeah, he's still kind of recovering. Uh, and then, yeah, every time he pops up, he does something good. He makes a pun. He, you know, chokes someone or he destroys everyone. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I actually liked Darth yeah. Vader in this one. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, he wasn't in a lot of scenes, but the scenes that he were in mattered. And someone that I like, they uh, they left out the Emperor. Mm. The Emperor isn't in this at all, and I don't think he should have been. I don't think he needed to be. Mm. Uh, this The Death Star was being overseen by Tarkin, mm. and then Vader. Vader goes there. And Vader gets in massive trouble from Darth Sidious when it gets blown up mm. in The Empire Strikes Back. You know, Sidious is like, this is your fault. Uh, it's not, obviously, but it's his son's fault. Uh, but... Yo, why would he be getting so annoyed with Vader if Sidious was directly involved? So yeah. this this kind of worked, having you know Sidious being away and then kind of comes in and going, "This is a great station. Why is it gone now?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and getting annoyed about that, which you know, I like. and also kind of keeps that explanation of why the Emperor wanted to oversee the second one because he didn't oversee the first. Exactly. One that much. Yeah, um, which uh, it was a good little little point because yeah. uh, otherwise why was why was he on that like, that half built station mm. you know it wasn't finished why was he there he was there because he didn't see the first one and, and he wanted, to, he watch wanted it. to set the trap yeah, yeah. the trap was there yeah. yeah it's a trap um which we did actually get it it's a trap yeah but not in the the akbar <laughs> way so that, that was also pretty yeah. good um and another thing that we were kind of worried that was going to be super corny um, from the trailers because in the trailers pretty much every one of Jin's lines looks super corny Yeah, uh, they weren't No, I was quite surprised by it that it really was the editing of the uh, trailers which is what we kind of said in the previous like, it could just be the editing Yeah, um, and we were putting our faith in Felicity Jones as an actress and I think our faith was you know paid off there because yeah. There was a little bit of corniness, but nowhere near as strong as what we were getting. Yeah. And that's honestly partly because most of the stuff in the trailers we didn't get in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of scenes from those trailers weren't in the movie, and you can tell that there were extensive recuts and sort of changes because a lot of the scenes that we didn't get, we wouldn't have even been like a deleted scene because it completely changed the <laughs> aspect. Like there was one of the scenes in the first trailer where we get Jin and Cassian running towards the eight, the Atats. At no point in the movie does that happen. We get uh, scenes where they're running through the base on Scarif, and they're never running in that. They're never in any kind of rush on the base in Scarif. So it's interesting sort of going back over those trails and going, that wasn't there, that wasn't there, that wasn't there, that wasn't there. 
kind of fascinating that we got so much there that wasn't there that wasn't there yeah yeah, uh, yeah I mean we had that, that kind of scene in the trailer where uh, where Jin was saying you know, like rebellions are built on hope mm. and we kind of saw uh, kind of saw some some really dramatic responses to yeah. this the Donnie Yen really like, didn't have of inspiration yeah and I was waiting for it because I remembered <laughs> that and when she said that I'm like don't you dare get excited about mm. that and he didn't no. that, that wasn't what it happened it was all about may the force be with you and that's when Yen kind of picked up mm, and yes that, force and that that's my thing sense it does that's his character. it definitely made and sense like, so. okay that's why you look like an idiot because you're really passionate yeah, about you the force yeah you are super passionate about yeah. that you are one with the force and the force is with you uh, I had a, uh, another thing a thing a thing that I wanted to mention mention that was thing. glazed over like a donut almost like a donut yeah uh, the crystal on uh, Jin's neck mm. so we get a lot of references to this through yeah. uh, and we get a, a scene in which we saw in the trailers and we felt oh this is an important scene mm. where her mother is giving her giving Jin that the necklace with the crystal we get another mention to it with uh, Donnie Yen says uh, he's he's just Donnie Yen now I'm sorry <laughs> he's just Donnie Yen yeah. uh, when he said oh, you know that speaks about her necklace and you, know, you can't see her necklace so it's kind of like well, how do you know uh, and, and we get a, a few of these where she kind of pulls out and looks at it and and I think we're, we're led to believe that it's a it is a kyber crystal yeah, it's it gets mentioned crystal. many times yeah. uh, that you know the kyber crystals are important and that they're the crystals inside of lightsabers and when they're on uh, Jedi that is um, the, the planet where the first Jedi temple moon, was sorry moon moon yeah. sorry no it's yeah. just yeah that's one of those things I know a lot of people talking about so yes no it, and, and they do actually specify you know when they were going to do the test they could blow up the whole moon and oh, we're just going to take the city which was it makes sense I guess they were trying to make a, a statement they wanted to show the Death Star being used but they didn't want to sort of lessen the impact of Alderaan being the first planet to get destroyed and then that worked really well which is what I was about to say because we have Vader literally just passed away so we're going to say this was a mining accident yeah and that kind of explains why at the start of A New Hope people still don't know mm. you know that's no moon it's a space station <laughs> you know they don't know what this thing is yeah whereas you would if it had just blown up a, a city full mm. of people so you know that I, I did like the way that they they handled that and um, and that kind of whole temple thing, mm. but <laughs> there is not a planet or moon on this in this movie that they land on that doesn't blow up in some way. Gets every time the oh well the very first one we don't know if it gets blown up yeah. but it does get invaded. It gets the Empire land and they are attacking and Take they're taking away Galen. taking away Galen yeah and um, shooting his wife. Um, you just because yeah. yeah, hey she was gonna shoot first right <laughs> she didn't. And speaking of shooting first, actually we get to see Cassian being a nasty guy earlier as well where he yeah. literally shoots a guy for no reason. Just a shame that scene didn't make any sense in the context. Look, what? Why? Why did you do that? But like every planet that they visit gets attacked or gets yeah invaded by the Empire, um, and there's like four of them through this through this thing. Uh, like, and it works in the sense that like the Empire is everywhere, yeah. and that they cannot escape the Empire, and that they're always in danger. And it does work in that context where you're like, by the third planet, I was like, right, the next place they land, they're gonna get attacked. Unfortunately, the next place they landed was the final battle so yeah. obviously they were but yeah that was no, when I kind of noticed it to the Empire. yeah that was when I kind of I kind of noticed it and even when they go to a, a planet that is like Imperial uh, owned and you know not part of the rebellion like all of the other ones 
then it gets attacked by the Rebellion. So there's literally nowhere in the galaxy that is safe at this time, uh, and they do display that quite well. But yeah, it's just everywhere, everywhere they went gets yeah. attacked. Literally, the only planet that doesn't have some kind of conflict going on uh, is what we believe is led to be Mustafar, yep. which it, is where we see Vader appear. It's the only planet that doesn't get a name tag at the bottom left, mm. which... I found curious, and I kind of thought, does that mean it is on Mustafar? The only other planet I could think of that had sort of been shown as being sort of mainstream Lover. was Solust. Yes, um, I, was about to say, I was just about to say Solust. Yeah, but, but I feel like it had to be Mustafar. Solust has... Um, it's a different colour. Yeah. Like, yeah, Mustafar's a darker ground, mm-hmm. which that looked like Mustafar for yeah. sure. Uh, and no, Solust has more stuff and technology and stuff on it but I did find it but, curious that it was the only place that didn't get a name yeah and I find it interesting that that's where Vader's base is if it is Mustafa because yeah, that's where he was destroyed you know, he will not go back to Tatooine mm. and that's why Luke is on Tatooine but he will live on the place where the, you know, he was destroyed. I guess it is His the whole place where was. Vader was born. In all in, of yeah, it, it is the place where Vader yeah. was born. So it does make sense in that sense and trying to keep it around. To, to me, it was more just like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Look yeah. how we're connecting the universes. And we got quite a bit of that in this movie. Oh, didn't we? <laughs> Thankfully, though, most of it, like, it didn't clash with the movie. Like, they were just short moments. Some of them were a little forced in, like Bail Organa going, oh, I'll have to go back to Alderaan. I better talk to a Jedi that I know. Um, yeah, he's very helpful kind of thing. I kind of thought, oh, okay, that's, you're kind of hand-fisting that in. Yeah. Um, but the inclusion of Gold Leader and Red Leader, I loved. Yeah. Because, it, again, like we're so close to episode four. It makes perfect sense for them to show these characters but it would have been very easy for him to not. Yeah. Because it would have been a lot of effort for really only, you know, fanboys really getting most out of it. But when I saw them on screen, I'm kind of like, thank you, that's perfect. Yeah. And then we had Red 5 blow up, leaving a space for Luke Skywalker to come in. He didn't just steal someone's place. The guy got killed. Yeah, no, um, that was that was good. Yeah. Uh, they could have gotten away with having different characters. Mm. They definitely could have. And, and saying, look, there's a high turnover in this business. Yeah. This or is the rebellion. showing the red leaders and gold leaders. They could have had mm. blue leaders. We hadn't had green leader or something. Yeah, no, um, definitely. But they... They went that extra mile. It is fan service, but it worked well. Yeah. Um, Actually, speaking of the the tie uh, tie fighters and mm. the X wings, the the fighting. Um, in, during the trailer, we saw a bit of space battling, and I, and I got quite excited for that because yeah. I was like, oh, finally, we're going to get some. You know, we've had bits of it, but it hasn't really been a big part of the movie. And this is a movie about the rebellion and, and about those battles uh, and we got to see all those TIE fighters coming out in the trailer uh, and I was very disappointed to begin with that I was like yeah this space battle's pretty damn boring actually uh, and then heaps of TIE fighters came out of the the station and I was like okay it's gonna get better and it wasn't it was just quantity over quality mm. they were just throwing all just showing that the Empire was super adapt yeah. and that they had lots of um, of TIE fighters um, but they didn't do like anything and then it got good, and then the the final battle actually got quite quite good and quite strategic actually. Mm-hmm. And I did enjoy the way they took the the shield down. Um, I thought that was it was yeah. fantastic. Beautiful kamikaze work there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I, I actually didn't have an issue with the space battles in the end, like I felt I was going to when mm-hmm. when they began. It, it like, definitely oh. felt like they were like, okay, there's a space battle going on, but everyone you care about on the planet. Yeah. So that's what we're going to focus on. Yeah, no, um, definitely. But yeah, I love the way the shield went down it was one of those ones where I could kind of half see what was going on I thought oh they might go this way and I thought they were just going to take out one Star Destroyer by doing it but they took out two yeah they, a and Star Destroyer was, into a Star Destroyer 
into a shield. <laughs> yeah, that was beautiful. It sure was. And then when they tried to escape, and then, you know, literally we see massive ships just getting bounced off the arriving Star Destroyers. That was like, oh, because we don't really see a lot of this scale in the Star Wars movies that much. Like, mm. we know they're big things, but just to see something like a big ship just being so puny and just bouncing off a, an arriving Star Destroyer, it shows you how big a deal they actually are. Yeah, that made me laugh so much. <laughs> so, and yeah, a few made it through, mm. and then all of a sudden, this big Star Destroyer just whoop! They all yeah. run into it. I was like, that, is, that was so great. Um, uh, the other cameo I wanted to mention, uh, because it wasn't a cameo I was expecting at all, and it was completely and utterly unnecessary, but I don't care. It was great. It was Cornelius Everson, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that name right. But for those of you who don't recognise the name, and I understand if you didn't, because why would you? This is sort of going hardcore fanboy stuff to know the name. It's the guy in episode four who kind of attacks Luke a bit and says that sort of really cool line, we're wanted men. I have the death sentence on 12 systems and then proceed to get his arm chopped off by Obi-Wan. Yeah, I did. I liked that cameo as well, actually. I did not remember that name, though, because, like, and I still won't. I had to look it up. Yeah. Uh, but I did really enjoy that what I also really enjoyed is they're on Jeddah mm. like when it blows up when yeah. it's getting blown they obviously escape and then four days later he gets his arm cut off <laughs> that is so unfortunate that is that sucks to be fair he's picking fights left he right. really was picking fights yeah mm. oh, he was picking fights on Jeddah so you know yeah. he deserved it but yeah I like that one as well actually mm. uh, there were lots of references through this one and some of them were kind of subtle little ones I mean there's blue milk yeah. I mean that's a thing they, in, they in the Star Wars so they really seconds. did yeah. uh, the, the stormtroopers talking about T-15s mm-hmm. being uh, out, out of date yeah. being obsolete and um, and I like that because we, we do get uh, we get Luke saying that you know this exhaust pipe is you know no bigger than a womp rat and yeah. that he used to he rides a T sixteen around on Tatooine so it's kind of like all right you know giving us a reference to that one so yeah, there are a few little references that I that I really did like in this one yeah and a couple other ones I didn't personally recognise and really only found out about it talking to you just beforehand um, and we weren't talking about what we thought of the movie but it just kind of came up in discussion was the uh, the rebels references which I didn't again I haven't really watched rebels so I didn't pick up but there's reference to the ship the ghost, ghost. yeah yeah um, um, I haven't watched a lot of Rebels either, yeah. but I did recognise that ship. I've, mm. I've seen it before, and I, the back of it is very recognisable in its uh, its lighting array. It's yeah. kind of like a tr- upside down triangle with a big circle in the middle as well. Mm. Um, but each point is just a, a, another circle, and uh, yeah, it's it's not specified that that's what it is, but it it definitely looks like it, and. It's, it's a like very unusual. The Falcon in the uh, prequels, like you just kind of see, and it's like, yeah, we know what that. That is. was something I was also waiting for in this movie. I was thinking, like, we're probably going to get something. Mm. We're going to get a Han or a, a, a Millennium Falcon. I didn't think we were going to get Han. Sorry, I thought we were going to get a Millennium yeah. Falcon, like some kind of reference to him, or a Chewbacca, because yeah, that's a pretty easy one to do age wise to make him look younger so um, but we didn't get that yeah. and I'm not disappointed about that yeah. <laughs> one other thing I wanted to say um, before we sort of get off track on everything what I really liked one of the things I really liked about this movie was how they introduced a few new planets which weren't ones we'd really seen much beforehand um, especially the planet of Scarif which yeah, it was kind of that beach coastal kind of look we've not really had a planet in Star Wars that looked like that and I like that we kind of got something visually different we saw it in the trailer I'm like oh that looks cool and it was kind of reaffirmed in that I really liked having that kind of ancient holy city uh, on Jeddah because again like for a, play, uh, a universe which has as much spirituality as like the force it's good that we're getting kind of these holy places kind of scattered around never really seen them addressed too much 
so far. I expect we will in episode eight and nine. I could see like Korriban coming up or something like that. But this is our first chance to really get a proper holy space. Yeah, I, I did really enjoy the inclusion of Jedi because mm-hmm. I uh, have I've watched a few videos and read up on the origins of the Jedi, uh, and it's quite an, quite an important mm-hmm. uh, place actually, um, and well before the Sith even existed. Yeah. So uh, I actually really enjoyed that that inclusion. I was like, oh, cool! That place that I, I read about like one time is now actually part of mm-hmm. part of Star Wars. Part so. of the Disney canon. The Disney canon. It is yeah. difficult now to kind of work out what is and isn't canon or what might become canon. Um, so it's good to get Jedi kind of confirmed in that respect. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and actually speaking of the kind of the canon, the mainline storyline, we got something that didn't happen for the first time in a Star Wars movie. Uh, this movie does not start with words scrolling through space. Yeah. Uh, and and the guy that I went and watched this with actually turned to me and was like, so, so when's the scrolling going to happen? And I was like, I'm pretty sure that because this is an anthology, they're just not going to be explaining what's mm-hmm. happening. Because that scrolling is always telling us what's happening in kind of the main storyline. Yeah. yeah, we didn't really need that, I guess, in this one. Cause I, I liked that the scrolls kind of set aside now for the mainline episodic story. Yeah. I liked sure. that the anthology one seemingly won't have them. It's a nice little touch. But it did make that opening bit very jarring. Yeah, you're like, oh, did, oh, we're in it, right? Yeah, because it did start with the, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and I'm like, because I'd heard they weren't including the scroll, and when that popped up, I'm like, oh, maybe they, oh, no, no, they're not. There we go. Come I on. actually hadn't heard they weren't yeah. including the score, so it, it really surprised me mm. on that one. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have an issue with that. No. I, I don't think we needed it. Like I said, yeah. you know, we didn't need to know what had been happening before this. Um, Unfortunately, we found out what happened in this movie during the scrolls of A New Hope. Yeah, New Hope scroll is literally this. Rogue One. Yeah. So, yeah, that that happened. <laughs> yeah. um, the other thing that we got, we didn't get in this movie, unlike every other one, we've kind of touched on it a bit, was there's no lightsaber battles. Which, no. Yeah, and that's... I don't want to say I felt like it was missing because it didn't. It, if they tried to hand fist it in, it would have felt hand fisted. But it was weird when the movie kind of finished. I'm like... Oh, I felt like that final act was missing something, and it was the the lack of lightsaber battles. We got Vader wrecking the house in mm. you know taking on the the rebel troopers, but it was kind of like, oh, no lightsaber battles. Okay, I, it makes sense. I kind of felt like a little kid had just been told no for very valid reason. Mm. As a little kid, like you don't care, you're rational, you still want that lightsaber battle. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they even they tried to work around it in Force Awakens, mm. uh, where they literally had things like Finn having a lightsaber against a stormtrooper with like a lighting lightning kind of baton thing um, and, and that worked as well yeah. and then they still ended up having the Kylo Ren mm. Finn and um, right. and Rey um, battle at the end which was yeah it wasn't a, a good battle you know they weren't both uh, skilled until Rey really started to get annoyed uh, but they still found a way to get it in there yeah. even though we didn't have any Jedi mm. at all in that movie until the last like two seconds where Luke pops up and is like hey I'm a Jedi um, <laughs> we we get Ray, who's like, I'm about to become one. Yeah. I'm but, not a Jedi yet, but ooh, lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they found a way around it in that movie. And I didn't really feel like it was ham fisted in that movie. I felt no, like they kind of needed no, that to do that. It made sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I mean, we, we know that they, they could have forced it in there, mm. but they didn't no, need to. Force. I, yeah, I, yeah, I got it. Yeah. yeah I thought you'd probably have intentional there. <laughs> uh, it wasn't. It was <laughs> when I said it, though, I was like, ah, yeah. the force. Um, so we'll sort of start bringing this particular podcast to a close, I think. We've sort of covered a lot of the main points. Yeah. Was there anything else you particularly wanted to mention? No, nothing. No, I think we went through it all. Um, so, yeah, look, 
at the end of the day, where do you think this one should rank in Star Wars canon movies? Like, uh, my eight now that we've had. I originally said that I wanted this to be about halfway. Mm-hmm. It's in probably probably the second, the bottom half of, yep. of Star Wars movies for me. Down it's with in, the prequels. Yeah, de- down with Clone Wars, but not quite that low. I didn't have any issues with Clone Wars, whereas I did have some issues Clone with Wars, this yeah, one. Clone Wars, or Attack of the Clones? Attack of the Clones, yeah. sorry. Sorry. Um, no, don't be. Did, did need to uh, specify that. Um, but yeah, I was talking about the movies. Yeah, yeah but I, did, I still enjoyed this movie. I, I will watch it again because it's a Star Wars film. But yeah, it's it's not rating as high as Force Awakens yeah. or Empire Strikes Back yeah. or any of those. Well, how about yourself? Uh, it's, it's tough. It definitely feels like a movie I need to watch a second time to get a good idea of where it should sit in the universe. And I do kind of... I don't want to say anything definitively without having watched it with a new hope. Because I think watching it in kind of that marathon sense and sort of seeing where it fits in with the rest of them uh, will really sort of show whether it should be there or shouldn't. But as of right now, after one viewing, uh, I feel like it's probably maybe fourth. Like I would be putting it around that uh, Return of the Jedi level. Not, not up to par with Empire Strikes Back. I didn't expect it to be. May, at this stage, I would say Force Awakens and A New Hope are better. But I could almost see Rogue One challenging for that maybe third spot mm. if it's if it's on a good day because there were problems with it and I've addressed some of those problems as well. But I left you know I left the cinema going I was really happy with how that came out. That's what I wanted the story to be and I felt like they executed the parts I wanted them to do them well. Characters could have been better, but I felt like overall it was a pretty strong entry. And it's been funny the the sort of in the days afterwards, I've sort of been thinking about it more and more, and sort of you know reflecting on it. And I've actually improved my opinion of the movie. Uh, when I left, I was like, that was a good movie, maybe great. Uh, but when I wrote my spoiler-free review, I wrote it up. I'm like, okay, I'll come back to that and edit it. And I found when I was editing it in the days that followed, I was sort of putting in more positive things about it. So. Maybe on second viewing, I'll look at it even better because as the days have gone on, I've looked at it better. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that happens with me as well because I haven't had time to think about it. I literally saw this last night, came home, went to bed, got up, went to work, did this. Hmm. So I haven't had any time to really think about this movie yet. So it may change uh, in my mind over uh, given some time and definitely yeah given a second watch so you can kind of maybe pick up on a few few extra things i'll be curious because like through the course of this podcast you've actually been fairly positive about the movie yeah oh yeah yeah you've actually it's been a lot more positives than negatives which surprises me considering it's down with the dregs of attack of the clones and oh it is uh and and i left those movies having enjoyed them more yeah but this was a better film yeah. uh, and that's why it's beating those mm. um, yeah that, that is really the only reason and like I said I, I started off with the definitive statement of I didn't like it yeah. um, and then you know I kind of had to be like well it's, it's an overall generalisation you know there were a lot of things about this movie that I did like uh, and, and a few things that yeah definitely disappointed me and I thought Ugh. <laughs> just like the year 2016 it looked good but it disappointed you yeah definitely yeah so next week we're going to be looking forward to 2017 a year that we're hoping is going to be better both in the quality of its movies and in the quality of life in general yeah so you know tune into that find out what happens if you need to know how to follow one up culture it's quite simple just uh search on twitter at one up culture nice and easy or follow us on the wordpress page or google one up culture and see what you can find i've been Trent. I have been Jareth. And may the force be with you.